stand with us, Luke chapter number 18, Luke chapter number 18, and I pray the Lord will speak to our hearts this morning as it's already been prayed. I pray that uh, along with someone uh, that if you're here lost, I pray that you'll get saved this morning. And not just me, but this entire church is praying uh, for your soul. And if you're lost, you can come anytime uh, to this altar and accept Christ as your personal Savior. Luke chapter 18, and look with us in verse number 31. The Bible says, Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spit on, and they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. They understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. Father, I pray in Jesus' name now that you would help us these next few moments. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would do the work that no man can do. Save the sinners in this building, this nearest hell. I ask you, Lord, this morning to put them under deep Holy Ghost conviction. And may they see themselves as they really are. But most of all, may they see you this morning. I ask you now to speak to every heart. May you get glory and honor for all that will be said and done. Bless the invitation and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes on this subject, on determined to die. Determined to die. That is where we find Jesus in this text here this morning. Uh, This is the third time in the book of Luke that uh, Jesus tells of his death. And as Christ is is nearing that point, I want you to notice in verse 31, the 12. The Bible said, then he took unto him the 12. And it's interesting that Jesus kept his disciples with him until the very end. He, He did not leave them and he did not forsake them. Now there is a time when the Bible said that all the disciples forsook him at one point and they and they walked away from him but he never left them as the way got rough and as they neared the cross uh, uh, many of them fled but uh, Christ was faithful and Christ was true to the very end and I want to say it's true in our life as disciples uh, uh, sometimes we falter and sometimes we fail and sometimes when the way gets rough uh, we're just like the disciples and the pressure gets turned on sometimes we do come up short in areas of our life Uh, uh, but I want to say this morning that when I fail I'm glad that he never fails amen I'm glad thank God there may be times in my life uh, when I've not been everything that I should have been uh, but there's never been a time in my life that he's not been everything uh, that I needed him to be and so much more amen Uh, and Jesus is not going to fail the 12 Uh, he's bringing them along Uh, he's carrying them uh, as they get closer to Calvary and so we see the 12 and then notice the trip the Bible says uh, uh, that he uh, then he took unto him the 12 and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And notice the trip here as he's taking these disciples. They're headed to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was the place of worship. And whenever a Jew was going up to worship, that always meant one thing for certain that there would be a sacrifice, that blood was going to have to be shed in order for them to worship. And Jesus is taking the disciples to Jerusalem, that place of worship. 
person and many times uh, it would involve a lamb that would be uh, being slain and here we have the lamb of God uh, he is going to Jerusalem as the Bible even says in one place that he set his face uh, toward Jerusalem like a flint uh, Christ was determined uh, and no one or nothing was going to deter him uh, from doing the will of God in his life amen he was determined uh, to die amen and so we see the 12 and we see the trip but notice the truth in verse number 31 the Bible says in all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man shall be accomplished Jesus takes the 12 he brings them to Jerusalem and he said we're going to Jerusalem and he said I want you to know that all the things that were written by the prophets are going to be accomplished now Christ knew all things He has studied the scriptures since he was a child and he knew them by heart, amen. And he knew that there would be a triumphal entry into Jerusalem according to Zechariah chapter nine and verse number nine. He knew that there would be the betrayal of Judas uh, according to Psalms 41 and verse number nine. He knew that there would be the cross uh, with all its tears according to Psalms 22 and Psalms 69 and even Isaiah 53. He knew that there would be his death and burial according to Psalms 16 and verse number 10. But he also knew there would be his resurrection, amen, according to Matthew 12 and verse, verse number 40 and Jonah chapter number two. He knew there would be his ascension back heaven according to Psalms chapter 24. He knew there would be the enthronement in glory according to Psalms 45 and verse number 6 and verse number 7. You say preacher what do you say? I'm saying Jesus knew all the things that was written by the prophets and for every place that he went and for everything that took place Christ knew that it was a fulfillment of the scriptures and you know what the word of God does? It gives us the assurance that what we're doing is God's will, amen? No matter how painful, no matter how hard, no matter how much suffering there was, Jesus knew with every event that he was fulfilling the word of God. And we come to this text this morning in verse number 32. And it's an important text because in verse 32 and verse 33, Jesus is going to give the gospel And so we don't just have the gospel, but we have the gospel given by Jesus Christ. You know, it's important that we give people the gospel. We ought to tell others about Christ. We ought to witness to our family, our friends, and people that we that we come in contact with. We, we ought to share the gospel with, with everyone. But here in these two verses, in verse 32 and verse 33, Jesus is going to give the gospel uh, to the disciples here. He's going to tell them what's going to take place. And in doing that, I want you to notice a few things and we'll be done this morning. I want you to see in verse number 32, I want you to see the trials. Jesus is going to talk about the trials. He said, for he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. Uh, those trials was in <clears throat> three stages. Some argue the fact and say there were three trials. Some say there were six trials. Uh, uh, but we know that the Jews uh, uh, tried Jesus and then we know that he was sent to the Romans uh, and Jesus had his religious trials uh, and then he had his civil trials. Uh, but Jesus uh, was taken to these trials here. And when you think about these trials, they were all mock trials. Uh, uh, listen, he was already in their minds guilty, uh, could not be proven innocent even though Christ was innocent and 
never guilty of anything that they said uh, that he was accused of. They falsely accused him. They were mock trials, amen. They were mercy, merciless trials. They showed him no mercy. As they smote him upon the cheek, brought in their false witnesses. You know, you may be here this morning and say, well, I've been falsely accused of things. Well, don't let it tear you out of frame. Didn't tear Jesus out of frame. Truth always comes out, you know that. You'll just keep doing what you're doing. And I want to say that they were not only merciless trials, but they were, these were mentioned trials. And what I, I mean by that is that they're having these trials. Jesus, they're, they're putting Jesus on trial, but he already told the disciples what was going to happen. And then it's mentioned in the, in the Old Testament, the Bible said in Isaiah 53 that he would be taken from prison to judgment. Isn't that right? And so what you have here is they bring Jesus before the Sanhedrin. They bring him before Pilate. They send him to Herod. He goes back to Pilate again and Jesus is standing before them and they're, they're trying Jesus as if they're in charge, as if this is what they're doing. I want to tell you before they ever brought Jesus in and tried him, it was already mentioned by him in this text that we read this morning. It's already mentioned in the Old Testament. What I'm saying to you is nothing takes God by surprise. He's always large and in charge. And while it may look like the devil was having a heyday, God was setting the stage and the scripture was being fulfilled. God is going to have his way. I'm not a Calvinist, but I do believe this morning that God is sovereign and he's providential and he's able to work in the affairs of men. Amen. And even during that mock trial, what they didn't know is that everything was running on schedule. You know, where you may be at today may look like a mess, but it may be running right on schedule. And Jesus is giving the gospel. He talks about the trials. He is going to be delivered uh, into the hands of Gentiles, uh, of these Romans. Now, if the Jews would have, uh, uh, if they would have put Jesus to death, uh, uh, they would have stoned him. That's what the Jews did. Uh, uh, but it was not the, the Jews that put Jesus to death. Uh, uh, the Jewish establishment, uh, they feared the people and so uh, they found him guilty, but they sent him to Pilate and then to Herod. Uh, and when Herod found out that he could go back to Pilate. He sent him back to Pilate once again. You know why? Because those Jews didn't have the, they didn't have the guts, amen, to do what they wanted to. So they turned him over to the Romans. Little did they know that was just fulfilling the word of God. Again, God was having his way because Jesus was not going to die by being stoned to death. He was going to die, my friend, by crucifixion, by the cross. And even at the cross, I'm telling you, when all of hell must have gathered around and my friend chanted as the son of God was hanging there and he was dying what they did not know is that God was still having his way hallelujah the trials of Jesus and then he mentions the tortures notice what he said in verse 32 he shall be mocked spitefully entreated spit on and they shall scourge him 
Look at the four tortures uh, leading to Calvary in our text. Uh, the first one, and they shall mock him. Uh, they shamed Jesus uh, uh, for who he was. Uh, and they said, Hell, thou king of the Jews. Uh, and they smote him upon the head with a reed uh, and put a crown of thorns on his head and a purple road, uh, a robe. Uh, but I want to tell you, Jesus was the king of the Jews. Uh, and he was the king of the kings uh, and the king of the ages. Uh, he's the king, my friend, of eternity. He's the king immortal. He's the king invisible. They may have mocked him, but I want to say he is still king. He was king then and he's king right now and he'll be king throughout eternity. I'm glad, thank God, that we serve a king. Hallelujah this morning. They shamed Jesus. And then the Bible says they spotted him. They spitefully entreated him. It speaks of their hatred for Christ. They hated Jesus for who he was. And then the Bible says that they spit it on him, spat upon Jesus. Can you imagine those soldiers as they stood around and they struck him and they spit upon him and Jesus, the blood that was running from his body was mingling with the saliva of wicked and sinful men as they must have drenched our Lord with their own saliva, spitting in his face, the most disgraceful and disrespectful thing that you could ever do to a human being would be to just spit in their face and they spat in the face of Jesus, but Jesus took it, he stood there, he took the torture. Why did he do that? Because he loved you and because he loved me. Hey sinner I want you to know everything you read about in verse 32 and 33 you need to take it personal because it was personal to the son of God. He loved you enough. He was willing to be mocked. He was willing to be shamed. He was willing to be spit upon. He loved you that much. Amen. You might be here this morning and say I'd never spit in his face. I want to tell you, if you're lost without God and you don't get saved this morning, this invitation, if you walk out them doors and say no to the invitation, then you have spit in the face of our lovely Lord. God is not obligated to ever deal with a sinner again. If you're here this morning and you're lost... And he speaks to your heart and he deals with you and you know that you're lost and you know that you need to come and you know that you need to get saved this morning and the Holy Spirit knocks on your heart and you hear that still small voice right now speaking to you saying that's you and you need to get saved. I'm here to tell you this morning you can ignore it. You Listen, you can. I've seen, I've watched it too many times. Hey, look up here at me just a minute. I've watched too many times when people get under conviction, they'll start fumbling through their pocketbook, they'll start looking around, dude, on a piece of paper, uh, they'll all of a sudden have to go to the restroom when it gets invitation time. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because they want to shake that conviction off. Hey, I'm here to tell you, if you don't want to get saved, if you want to die and go to hell without Jesus Christ, uh, uh, you can do that if you want to. But I'm telling you, if you tell the Holy Ghost no this morning, he's not obligated to ever pass by your pew again. Uh, you may sit in church the rest of your life, uh, but the light will never be turned on. Uh, the voice will never speak again. Uh, and you'll die and go to Christless eternity and for my friend for eons upon eons you'll wish to God that you had one more invitation that you had one more sermon that you had one more opportunity to come to an old fashioned altar and get in hallelujah what are you going to do with it this morning sinner you're going to spit in the face of the son of God 
and die without Jesus Christ. You say, I'm okay, I'm good. No, listen, if you've got to convince yourself, uh, there is none that doeth good, the Bible says. If you've got to tell yourself you're okay every time the man of God gets up to preach, I promise you one thing, you're not okay. You need to be saved. I feel an overwhelming burden on this point. And I think God is a draw in somebody. I'm not trying to be super, uh, uh, you know, sensational or anything like that. And I, I just feel the, I just feel the convicting power of God drawing somebody. And I'll tell you what I'd do if I was at somebody this morning. I'd tear out of that pew. I wouldn't wait till the, I finished this sermon. I'd come running down to this altar right now. I'm telling you, I'd come running. I'd come calling on Jesus. Amen. Well, you had a chance. I mean, he died for you. What else is he going to have to do? There's nothing else he can do. He paid your sin debt. He took your hell at Calvary. He suffered and shed his blood. And friend, if you reject him, then listen, by all means, he can let you go to hell and still be God this morning. He'll know you anything. They spat on him and then they look at this, they scourged him. Can you imagine the hurt? As the Bible says, and they shall scourge him. Jesus predicted this because the scriptures teaches this. He knew what the prophet said. Knowing the pain and the agony, the scourging post was the rack as they would call it. Many times it would be three iron pillars. They would take a man that was called a, a lictor that would have, he would have in his hand what we would call the cat of nine tails, but they would call it a flagellum. And it would be made of bones and rocks and all types of sharp instruments and metal would be in those nine uh, tails that would come off of that whip. Uh, and that uh, lictor would take that flagellum and he knew exactly how to peel back the skin and the muscles and the tendons uh, and work his way down uh, into the integral organs without killing a man. History says that uh, most, uh, most of the men died at the scourging post uh, and due to the pain they would literally many times gnaw their tongue off uh, uh, at the scourging post because of the pain and the agony. Can you imagine that? As they took our Lord and laid him over those three iron pillars and took those leather straps and strapped his hands and they pulled his arms back and tightened every tendon and tightened every muscle. And the book of Psalms said that the plowers, meaning that there was more than one that scourged Jesus, plowed long furrows in his back. I believe they kept a fresh man in so that the last of my friend scourging was every bit as painful as the first uh, the Jews could only give 39 stripes uh, but nowhere in the Bible does it ever say Jesus received 39 stripes uh, because he wasn't scourged by Jews uh, he was scourged by Romans uh, I'll tell you what they would do uh, they, if they were given 39 stripes uh, they would give 13 stripes down the right shoulder then they would give 13 stripes down the left shoulder uh, exposing the shoulder blades uh, and working them their way down to the rib cage uh, and then they would begin to work down the center column and the, the, the man's back uh, and begin to work into the spinal area and they would just strategically uh, pull the intestines and the organs out just enough to expose them without taking that man's life. They scourged him. Hey, sinner, that's how much he loved you. He walked the Via Della Rosa for you. Couldn't you walk the aisle for him this morning? And get saved. I tell you, this society we're living in today has changed so dramatically in the last 10 years. I'll give an invitation here in a few moments.
Used to, you'd preach to sinners and you'd give an invitation and say, if you're lost, would you raise your hand so we can pray for you? And hands would go up all over the building. But not anymore, friend. They saw so much hell on Hollywood. So much indoctrination of this world that they don't fear God. Their hearts are not as tender. They're not even concerned. They've lived in fantasy land so much that they're not even concerned about their own soul and concerned about the reality of eternity. And it's hard to even get them to reach their hand up anymore and say, would somebody pray for me? I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're lost, you need somebody to pray for you. You need the church to pray for you. A sinner, you're dying without God. A sinner of this earth was to open up right now you'd be swallowed up into hell you need to be born again you say I'll never come back I want to give you as much as I can while you're here I tell you what you better do is junk your pride, junk your religion jump out of that pew come running to Calvary and fall under the drippings and get born in a family of God amen, you'll be saved what's God going to have to do to wake you up this morning I see the tortures of Jesus. He went through so much for you. And I notice the tree. Look at verse 33. The Bible says, and they put him to death. That phrase is highlighting the crucifixion, the cross, the Christ. They put him to death. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be saved. Isn't that a wonderful truth? I'm not here this morning telling you anything you don't already know. But I want to tell you Romans 3 and verse 10 says, There's none righteous, no, not one. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5 and verse 12 said, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into this world and death by sin? So death is passed upon all men. Romans 5 and verse 6 says, I love this passage of scripture. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Hey, are you ungodly this morning? You got to get ungodly before you can get saved. If you're full of self-righteousness, you'll go to hell. But if you'll ever see yourself ungodly, then you're a candidate for the cross. Christ died for the ungodly. He said, for scarcely for a righteous man will some, <coughs> will some die in peradventure for a good man. Some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us uh, in that while we were yet sinners, amen, uh, uh, Christ died for us. Uh, I'm glad, thank God. Uh, and Romans uh, 5 says, uh, and much more being now justified by his blood, uh, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Uh, I want to say thank God for the blood. Uh, thank God for the day Jesus passed by. Thank God for Calvary. Uh, thank God for the cross. Thank God for salvation. Thank God there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shine. Hallelujah. Thank God this morning. And I praise God for the old rugged cross, don't you? The tree. And then I like this last phrase here. Notice the triumph. He said the third day he shall rise again. Don't you like that this morning? Oh, Jesus takes them. He said, we're going to Jerusalem so that all that the prophets have written shall be accomplished. And he said, I want you to know that the Son of Man is going to accomplish these things. 
He's going to be delivered into the hands of the Gentiles. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be spitefully entreated. He's going to be spit upon. He's going to be scourged. And he's going to be put to death. Uh, that doesn't sound like too positive of a, of a sermon for the disciples. Uh, but it doesn't end there. Amen. He said it, but on the third day, he shall rise again. I'm telling you, he gives them the period. It's the third day. He gives them the person, he, Christ. Uh, and he gives them uh, the power. He's going to rise again. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, he went to the cross. Uh, I'm glad he shed his blood. But I'm listen, I want to say this morning, I'm also thankful that he didn't stay on the cross. I'm glad, thank God, he didn't stay dead. But three days later, thank God they came a rustling in the grave clothes. And hallelujah, the stone was rolled away. And the Son of God came out. And victory was won at Calvary. And my friend, because he got up, one of these days, we're all going to get up. Hallelujah. We have hope this morning. And our hope is in the resurrection. I want to ask you something, sinner. Do you have hope this morning? And where is your hope? Because if your hope is in anything other than Jesus, you're not going to heaven. Hey, you young people, listen to me this morning. You can't go to heaven on your feelings. Some days I feel like a I feel, I mean, some days I feel like I'm so saved. I mean, I could, I feel like I'm, I'm one step from glory. Amen. And ain't many days. Some days. And some days if I went on my feelings, I'm sure the devil would pull up a chair and tell me that I'm not even saved. Amen. I'm not going to heaven based on anything that I've done. I've asked the Lord to save me. And I'm not going to heaven based on what I've done. I'm going to heaven based on what he did. Brother, I'm glad you can know when and I'm glad you can know where, but you better know who more than anything. Paul said, I know whom I have believed in. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You know why I'm going to heaven this morning? Because I'm trusting the only one that can take me there. I'm trusting this morning. The only one, but I got good news for you. Thank God he won the victory. And you can trust Jesus this morning. You can't trust your flesh. You can't even, hey, you can't even trust your own faith because some days it's up and some days it's down. I tell you, you can trust the facts uh, of the Word of God. Uh, this book never changes. Uh, thank God for the old story this morning uh, that Jesus died for my sins uh, and that he was buried uh, and that he rose again. Uh, I cling to the cross. Uh, cling to Calvary this morning. Uh, cling to a resurrected Savior. I'm not looking, my friend, for me. Uh, I'm not looking for someone else to come. Uh, I'm not looking for an angel, not looking for Abraham, not looking for Isaac, but I am looking for Jesus. He is soon coming, and sinner, you better get ready while you can. This morning, are you saved? The text ends with confusion. They cannot understand what he's saying. If you're here this morning and you can understand the gospel, and you know you're lost, and you know you need to be saved, you ought to come this morning and get saved. You know what I'm going to do this morning? I'm going to do this. I'm going to bypass the whole, the whole formality. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to bow your head. I'm saying to you this morning, if you're lost, you better come get in while you can. If you don't come this morning, 
you may die without God and go to hell. And in, and in hell, you know what you're going to do? You're going to think about this service. You're going to think about it. You can't run from God. You're going to think about it. While you burn in hell, you're going to think about this sermon. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about that this morning? You know, I'd, I'd hate to go to hell from China or Germany. All them places never, people never even heard the gospel. But more than that, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be terrible to go to hell from America? And wouldn't it be awful to go to hell from a Baptist church pew where you've heard the word of God preached? This morning, I wonder as we stand, do you need to be saved? So, Brother Gravity, why don't you make it easy for me? I can't make it no easier than what it is. I'm standing right down here. I can't make anything easy. Jesus already did everything. He made it as easy as it could be. Sinner, if you want to go to heaven, all you got to do is come. And if you want to go to hell, all you, all you got to do is do nothing. Just stay in that pew right there. And I'll tell you what, the devil give you a free ticket to hell. You could die without God. How many of y'all would like to see somebody get saved this morning? Look at this. If you're lost, all these people in this building would be so happy if you got in. No matter member, visitor. Hey, I don't care if you're a member of this church. If you're not saved, you better come this morning. You better get saved while you can. You better come while you got an opportunity. Let's sing. If you're lost, you come on this morning.